0: You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church, Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, why don't you just talk to God? Just let's pray for a moment. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you, Father. Thank you for your word, which is spirit and is life. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for every single one in this place. Mighty God, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Thank you, Lord. I give you glory. I give you praise. Thank you for your word, which is spirit and is life. The entrance of your word brings light. It gives understanding to the simple. Anoint these lips of clay. Speak through this. Lips of clay. My Lord, thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. I want to share. We've been dealing with, uh, we were talking about the kingdom of God, violence and all of that. But I want to bring an aspect, still talking about the kingdom. My favorite subject in the word of God is the kingdom of God. Um, So, everything can be traced back to the kingdom of God. And uh, But I titled this, The Quest for Lordship. Don't someone say, The Quest for Lordship. lordship. Okay, there is a quest for lordship over your life. Alright? So, Jesus wants to be your Lord. Many people know Jesus as Savior, but they don't know Him as Lord. They don't know him as Lord. And one of our core values as a spiritual family is Lordship. The Lordship of Christ is central to what we do. And to who we are. The Lordship of Christ is central. If you remove the Lordship of Christ, then we cease to be who we are. Okay? So... Satan wants to be your Lord. And Jesus wants to be your Lord. (laughs) Who are you going to yield yourself to? So when it comes to the matter of of lordship, it's a matter of kingdom. Lordship is a kingdom uh, principle. It's a matter of kingdoms. So, I think it was last week I said to you that in those days, one of the reasons why they hated Christians was because Christians were saying that Jesus is Lord. And the Roman Empire didn't take it lightly because the emperor, Caesar, was called Lord. So he was the Lord (laughs) of the entire empire. And now these people come, and they say there is another Lord, and that was uh, that was not taken kindly. So, uh, if you are going to walk and experience the benefits and all that the Kingdom of God has for you, the Aspect of lordship must never be compromised in your life. Are you following me? Yeah. Lordship cannot be compromised. There shouldn't be a question as to who has the final say in your life. There shouldn't be a question. It shouldn't be, oh, well... Um, my my, my, my my tradition says this. If God says something, that takes precedent, that takes preeminence over every other thing that you have been taught, you have been told, huh? that you have known. The moment you see it in the Word of God, you don't argue with the Word of God. You don't say Lord and refuse to do what He says. So there is a quest for Lordship in the realm of the Spirit. In the realm of the Spirit, there is a quest for Lordship over your life, over your household, over your your future, and all of that, everything. So, and and, um, I'm going to share with you a few scriptures and then we will pray. Because I feel that this aspect is so central to our faith. It's so central to our faith that if we don't get it right, we will not experience and enjoy what God has for us. if there is any Jesus that is presented to you that does not require obedience, it's not the Jesus of the Bible. Do you understand me? Yeah. It's not the Jesus of the Bible. In the beginning, let's go to the garden. When God made man, put him in the garden, right? Made man in his image after his likeness. Gave them dominion, (laughs) right? Told them to be fruitful, to multiply, to replenish the earth, and all of that. All the good things. God puts man in the garden. And then, in the midst of the garden, God puts a tree. God puts a tree there. He says to man, you can eat everything in this garden. But this one. Don't eat from it. The day you eat from it. You're going to die. And we know in the Hebrew. It says. The day that you eat from it. Dying you shall die. You shall surely die. Double deaths." Huh? Yeah. Yeah. So. God puts man in the garden, tells him not to eat from it. And many times, how many people have asked that question before? If God knew that man was going to eat from that tree, why did he put the tree there? Come on, wave your hands. You've asked that question before? Yeah. Yeah. Why did God put that tree there? It was a matter of lordship. It was a matter of lordship. God needed not just... Um a robot he needed someone who has the opportunity to disobey and chooses to obey Are you getting my point So God will never put you in a place where you don't have the opportunity to disobey him <laughs> Yeah. He will put you there where you have the opportunity to disobey and you need to make a choice. Because lordship in God's kingdom is not by force. Isn't that wonderful? A God that is so powerful and has the power to make the whole world saved. Overnight, we can wake up tomorrow and 9 billion people, I mean 7 billion people. (laughs) Maybe 9 if we count all those in the womb. (laughs) (laughs) We can wake up tomorrow and 7 billion people are born again. He has the power to do that. But why won't he do that? Choice. Choice. He gave you the freedom of choice. Why did he give you that choice? Because he made you in his image. He has a choice. So he gave you that choice as well. So God gave man the opportunity to disobey or to obey. You can eat all the from any tree. There's just one. You shouldn't eat. (laughs) And that's the one he went to eat. (laughs) And we can read that and laugh at Adam, but guess what? We're all guilty. We're all like that. We've all done that. Come on. And you don't need to be taught. Disobedience. Have you noticed that? Is there anyone that uh, you were taught? You, somebody sat you down and told you, "Look, you know, uh, this is how to disobey. This is how to lie. This is how to s- steal." W- were you taught that? No. Okay, you guys look holy. You don't know what I'm talking about, <laughs> huh? You've never done such things. It's like, pastor, you mean? You mean there are people like that? Yes, there are. And they're looking at me. (laughs) Hallelujah. So, God puts man in the garden and he says to him, you are free to eat from any tree. Don't eat from this one. If you eat, this is the consequence you're going to die. You're going to die if you eat from it. Okay? Just like when you were small. Remember those days when you were told, you know, don't touch this. (laughs) The fact that you were told not to made you interested in touching. Am I not correct? Yeah. They made this cake for that For that uh, special occasion. And you are supposed to wait until the occasion. I'm talking to somebody. (laughs) You are supposed to wait. But this cake, it looks too beautiful. Every time you walk past it, it's like it's talking to you. (laughs) It's like it's calling your name. Huh? Say, look at me, look look, look at me, look at me. Oh, I taste... Out of this world. (laughs) So of all the food in the house. Nothing appeals to you. Like that cake. So you devise a plan. Okay. I'm going to do this in a way that nobody will know. (laughs) Come on. Then you look at this cake. You look at it. Okay. You find a way. Maybe check from the back. <laughs> if you can just get it from underneath, somehow find a way. You know? And it still looks nice, intact. But you've had a, a piece of it. And after that, you felt happy. And then they now come and say, ah, Who touched? Who? What happened to this cake? Who touched it before they even call your name? I, I didn't. I don't know. I'm, I'm not the one. <laughs> huh? And then you wonder why. Well, how did your mom know, know that you were the one? And then you got a bit of, uh, you know, tender love. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So, you see, we have that in us. Every single one. So, God is constantly watching. And the enemy is constantly watching. And as, you know, as funny as this story will sound, I'm telling you that in the spirit is so significant. It's so significant. and uh, and, and, and the enemy... Knows that and he uses it very well. Let's look at a scripture in Romans. Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6 verse 16. I often quote this scripture. Romans chapter 6 verse 16. It says, Do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are that one slave whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? So here, Paul is telling us, listen, there is a spiritual principle here. Which is how mankind was handed over to the enemy by Adam. Adam says, did God say you shouldn't eat from this tree? He was talking to Eve. and, And we know the story how she took the fruit. She ate it and she gave to Adam and he also ate it and they actually enjoyed the fruit. (laughs) But the consequence, do you know that the fruit itself was not the problem? Because I'm very sure the fruit is one of the fruits we are eating today. Come on. Yeah, you're looking at me. Yeah, I mean, God didn't take any fruit out of the world. After that, you get my point. I know some people say apple, but don't listen to that. The Bible doesn't tell us. The Bible doesn't tell us what fruit. Okay, so if anything, it's, it's in fact apple is far from it. It's, it's probably it's probably the fruit that they took the leaves to cover themselves with. Who knows? It could be anything. I don't know. God hasn't told me. Neither has he told you. (laughs) So, we can speculate. But the point is that the fruit itself was not the problem. It's the instruction. Are you getting my point? The instruction. That was the main thing. So, the moment They ate from that tree. They obeyed Satan. And the moment they obeyed him, guess what? They switched kingdoms. You see, it's a matter of kingdom. So they switched kingdoms when they obeyed Satan. They were now taken out of the kingdom of God the kingdom of darkness. Why? They've got a new master. (laughs) You see? You see why Satan wants us to always obey him? Why? Because he knows that by your obedience you volunteer to become a citizen of his kingdom. (laughs) That's it. So that was what happened. And then all of a sudden, their eyes open. Why did their eyes open? They are now in a new kingdom. It's a new reality. They are out of God's kingdom. They are now in a new realm. In the realm, in the domain of darkness. But it came just by disobeying an instruction. <laughs> As simple as that is. So when God tells you to do something, you better do it. When God says to you, don't do something, don't do it. It's for your good. Why? You might end up in a different kingdom. (laughs) And you don't want to be there. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Should I show you more scriptures? Let's look at Second Peter. Second Peter Chapter two and I'll read verse nineteen. They went out from us, but they were not of us. I'm sorry. No, this is... I'm reading John here. Okay. While they promise... He's talking about false preachers and false teachers. Okay? In fact, let's read from verse 18. He says, For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lust of the flesh and through lewdness, the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. They kind of lure them. While they promise liberty, huh? they promise them liberty. While they promise them liberty, what happens? They themselves are slaves of corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by him also he is brought into bondage. So you see, what is happening here is this. Satan sends people to go out there and then begin to tell people things that will now promise them freedom. You see, it's a quest for lordship. So he is telling you that you can be free from God's authority. You can be free from God's restriction. Come on. But he doesn't tell you that in, in you doing that, you are actually being brought under bondage. So they over promise and underdeliver. deliver. In fact... They promise freedom, okay? They'll promise freedom, oh, well, you know, you need to get out now and, you know, be your own self and do what you want. Now, you get into that and you discover that you are now caught in a web of bondage that you cannot free yourself. Yet, you were promised freedom. It's a game that he's playing. He plays a game with you so that you can switch kingdoms. So that he can bring you under the domain of darkness. Because remember, that's his territory. (laughs) Am I communicating? It's simple enough, right? Can we read that verse in the Amplified? verse 19 i don't know how they amplified puts it but let's see it says they promised them liberty when they themselves are the slaves of depravity you see so satan himself was already a slave to his sin are you getting my point he was already a slave to sin iniquity has gotten a hold of him he cannot deliver himself. Now he's talking to Eve. He convinces Eve, come on, God is hiding something from you. God is a killjoy. He doesn't want you to enjoy your life. So, just eat this thing and I'm telling you, your eyes will just open. You will just be like God. He himself, his eyes opened when he sinned. He knew that That when you sin, another kingdom comes into play in your life. So, he, they promise liberty. They promise people liberty. It doesn't matter. You can just do whatever you want. Come on. Your past, your present and your future sins are forgiven. Just keep living. You are free. Listen to me. Don't be deceived. It's a quest for lordship. He wants to bring you under his lordship. So he tells you you are free to disobey God. But then he doesn't tell you the change that will come. Are you getting my point? He doesn't tell you the change that will come to your life. He doesn't tell you the depravity in his life. He doesn't tell you that this doctrine he came up with is just to excuse his depravity because he has tried to fight it, but he cannot deliver himself because he's living in darkness and will not come and repent and bring it to light where it can be dealt with As long as it remains in darkness, there is power over his life. So he's living in depravity. And defilement. For by whatever anyone is made inferior or worse, or is overcome, to that person or thing, he is enslaved. Can you see so it's a program, is a program of the enemy to bring people under his lordship. So the violence that is happening, that was happening in the land, I'm telling you, is, it's a matter of lordship. There are people who Satan has filled their hearts and inspired them and they obeyed him. So it's another kingdom. Glory to God. And that's why we need the kingdom of God to manifest. Starting from us. Starting from us, you want to ensure that you cultivate a culture of obedience. Are you following me? Develop a culture of obedience. Take, Let it be something that makes you happy. Be happy to obey God. Don't be sad to obey God. (laughs) Because God doesn't want that kind of obedience. Amen? Amen. Who is your Lord? Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord? And do not the things that I tell you. Why? Is it just a lip service? (laughs) You you get my point? Mm. He is Lord. He is Lord. He has risen from the dead. He is Lord. You know that song? Every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Yes. So when you begin to Obey Him. You are saying to Him, He's your Lord. Because salvation and Lordship are linked together. Romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 10. Let's read that. Romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 10. It says, If you will believe in your heart and you will confess with your mouth ah uh, no back to the king james the new king james the amplified it. it really amplifies it <laughs> all right it says if you confess with your mouth the lord jesus and believe in your heart that god has raised him from the dead you will be saved okay Look at what it says. If you confess with your mouth, the what? The Lord Jesus. You see, Lord Jesus. And believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So you need to believe in your heart. Lordship is a heart matter. If you will not, if Jesus is not Lord over your life, he won't be Lord over your finances. How many people know that? If he is not Lord over your life, he will not be Lord over your relationships. If he's not Lord over your life, he will not be Lord over your marriage. Come on. If he's not Lord over your life, he will not be Lord over your business. So, he wants to be Lord over your life, and he wants to be Lord over all. If he's not Lord over all, he's not Lord at all. He's not Lord at all. He can't just be Lord over your heart, your, your, your spirit. And then the other part of your life, he's not Lord. He's like, you are the one that is Lord now. You're the one that is in charge. So you tell the Lord, Lord, today, you know, this is what we're going to do. And He cannot even send you. He cannot send you to go and minister to your neighbor because you're not in the mood. Huh? So who is Lord in that, in that case? Your mood is Lord, not Jesus. Come on. He cannot send you, uh, To go and pray for someone. Because. You don't feel like it. And yet you say he's your Lord. What a contradiction. He wants to be Lord. Over all. Hallelujah. I believe. That. The Lordship of Christ needs to come back to the church. It's not just about washing away your sins. It's about having your obedience. Okay? Yeah, He wants you to be obedient. He wants to be able to direct you. He wants to be able to instruct you. As many as are led by the Spirit of God. They are the sons of God. You cannot say you are a child of God. You are a son of God. And yet, the Spirit of God cannot lead you. There's something wrong with that kind of Christianity. Who is going to be your Lord? Satan or Jesus? The thing about being Satan being Lord is that Satan... <laughs> What He gives you for your obedience to Him. Oh my God. It's so terrible. The amount of pain He gives you. Just for obeying Him. (laughs) The amount of frustration He brings into your life. For obeying Him. The amount of confusion He brings into your life. For obeying Him. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. So we need to continue to develop a heart that is quick to obey. To obey the Lord and to disobey the enemy. All right? You cannot just obey your feelings and not obey the Word of God, you obey the Word of God. Can God trust you? Can God instruct you? Can God guide you? Can God lead you? Can God restrain you? You know, these are questions that you need to be able to answer. I've shared this story before. This happened to me many years ago. I was still in in high school. You know, I just, it was one of those days that, you know, I just woke up and I decided I'm going to eat. I'm going to prepare myself. I don't want anybody to make breakfast for me. I want to do it myself. Because I woke up with this inspiration. Of what I want to eat today. So I got up and, uh, come on, got into the kitchen. And did, I prepared this meal. My God. I still see it. <laughs> I prepared this meal and I put it on the table. I just sat down to eat. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, You're not eating today. You're going to fast today. Oh, my God. I was angry. Say, What? Oh my lord. I said, lord, but why didn't you tell me when I just woke up? Why didn't you tell me before I prepared this food? Why did you why did you wait until I had prepared it? And I just walked out angrily and left the food there. And oh my god. By the end of that day, was I glad I obeyed God? Because that was the day that I was called and said, Eric, Eric, uh, the HOD of chemistry, her son is demon possessed and he needs help. Can you come and help? I said, Oh, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Now, you know, Jesus talks about this kind goeth not except by prayer and fasting. And it was one of those. It was one of those. A very stubborn demon. I was so glad that I fasted. Although grudgingly. But I did. From that day, I learned a lesson. When God tells you something, He doesn't need to explain to you. He doesn't owe you an explanation. Do you know that? Do you realize that God doesn't owe you an explanation? He just instructs you and He wants you to do it. One of the reasons why Abraham became great was because of his obedience to God. Abraham, Abraham. Take Isaac, your only son. The one whom you love. And go and offer him to me on a mountain that I will show you. And God gave him three days. It was a three day journey. Three days to change his mind. And Abraham... I don't think he was doing it with excitement. So sometimes obedience sometimes obedience is not exciting. That's the truth. There are some instructions that are exciting. Some are not. But if it's God, we do it all the same. Are you getting me? And Abraham, if you read Genesis 22, he goes up the mountain and he's about to offer Isaac. And God stops him God stops him and God says now I know that you fear God now the question is this let's 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 look at that scripture um, Genesis 22. Abraham, verse 10, Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Hello, to slay his son. Which kind of a man is this? What kind of a man? Will obey God to this point? That is about, he took the knife. He, what did he even tell Isaac? That Isaac allowed himself to be tied. How did he convince Isaac to surrender himself? Because Isaac was young. Abraham was, (laughs) you know, he was over a hundred. What kind of energy will a hundred years old plus have in comparison to a teenager? But Abraham was able to convince Isaac. And Isaac laid down. That means he had taught Isaac obedience. Remember what God said huh? in Genesis 18? Shall I hide anything from Abraham? Seeing that huh, he will command his household... He will teach them. He will instruct them. God had seen that quality in Abraham. And that's what attracted that visitation. Are you getting me? God had seen that this man is going to teach his entire household. He had 318 trained servants. He taught them the word of God. And so, Isaac was well-discipled. And Isaac allowed himself. The father him and took the knife. I don't want to even imagine what was going on in Isaac's mind. Maybe he said, Isaac, trust me on this. You are coming back. <laughs> you are coming back to life. Just trust me. Believe me. It's going to be fine. Obedience. So, the the uh, the Lord now speaks. Verse 11. The angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son Your only son from me. Come on. Now I know. That you fear God. So Jesus said. If you love me. You will do what I say. In other words you will obey me. If I instruct you. And you really love me. You will do what I say. God had a plan to sacrifice his own son. Do you understand? He and remember, he's in covenant with Abraham. And part of part of the conditions of a covenant is this exchange. There's exchange of gifts. You give me what I ask for, and I give you what you ask for. So God says to Abraham, give me your son. Why? Because God had plans. Of sacrificing his own son. And God was so impressed. By Abraham's obedience. Verse 13. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked. And there behind him was a ram caught in the ticket. By its horns. And Abraham went and took the ram. And offered it up for a bond offering. Instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide, as it is to this day in the mount, which the Lord, um, of which the Lord had provided. Then the angel of the Lord called Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, by myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. Your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have what? Obeyed my voice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because of obedience. Let me tell you, disobedience has cost us more than we have imagined. It has cost us more. Only eternity will reveal what we have lost because of our disobedience. In Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19, he says, If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. So, when you say, God bless me, God do this for me, God will give you an instruction and watch. Your blessing is on the other side of your obedience. It's a quest for lordship. Why would God not just do what he wants to do in your life? Why would he just give you an instruction first? He wants to establish who is Lord. He wants to establish who is Lord. And if you really love Jesus and you want Jesus to be your Lord and your master, to have the final say in your life, you need to always pursue Obedience. A lifestyle of obedience. I don't care how you feel, you need to deal with your heart to get to a point where you are constantly obeying God. Becomes part of your lifestyle. Do you know why? There are times that, there are times that people experience certain things not because God planned it but it's because they disobeyed the instruction that was supposed to protect them from that thing. Am I making sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, when God said to Adam and Eve, don't eat from that tree, was he protecting them or not? He was. He was. He was protecting them from death. He was protecting them from Satan. And because they ate from there, guess what? They got a new DNA. The DNA of sin and death came into the human race. And from that time up till today, we are fighting with a sinful nature. <laughs> and like Paul in, 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 uh, in, in uh, Romans chapter 7, he says, I see another law warring in my body. The things I want to do, I don't do. The things I do not want to do, I see myself doing. Huh? What is going on, Paul? Great mighty man, apostle. Apostle of apostles. (laughs) Chief apostle Paul. How can you have such a struggle in your life? Another law is at work. So, if you are used to a lifestyle of obedience, what's going to happen? One of the benefits you will experience if you are used to a lifestyle of obedience, if you cultivate a lifestyle of obedience, is that you will always miss the enemy's traps. (laughs) You will always miss the enemy's traps. The devil will set traps for you and God will tell you, don't go this way today. And because you are used to obeying, you just obey. You don't know how many accidents you've missed. Are you getting my point? Yeah. And I want to pray that God will do a work in us that we'll be an obedient people. And give Him total control over your life. Trust Him. He knows what he's doing. He knows what's best for you. Okay? If God tells you, this person is not good for you, trust the Lord. He knows what he's saying. If God tells you, this person is good for you, trust him. He knows what he's saying. Some of you are here in fact, I believe all of you are here because God loves you. <laughs> there, are certain, there, there are certain times that Jesus would make certain statements. He would say, Blessed are your ears, for they hear these things. Isn't, isn't that interesting? That one of the ways that God shows his blessing in your life is by allowing you to hear certain things. <laughs> I'm amazed. So, I don't know about you. Jesus is my Lord. And I want him to be Lord over all. Everything about my life. Because we have all messed up. Different areas. Where you were Lord, where you were in charge, you blew it. Come on. Yes? You thought, ah, I know what I'm doing. (laughs) And then by the end of it, (laughs) it's like, oh my God, (laughs) this is such a flop. (laughs) This is such a mess. Then now you come to Jesus. Jesus, please help me fix this. And thankfully, he is so loving. If you hand it over to him, he will take it. And make something beautiful out of that mess. Isn't that interesting? Huh? He makes all things beautiful in my life. Something beautiful. Something good. All I had to offer him was brokenness and pride. But he made something beautiful of my life. Hallelujah. Give it to him. Allow him to be the Lord. Okay? Give him your family. Let him be the Lord. Give him your future. Let him be Lord. Give him your career. Let him be Lord. Give him your business. Let him be Lord. Give him your your, your education. Let him be Lord. Just watch and see what he will do. See the miracle he will make out of your life. That's why even the angels are shocked many times. When they look at our lives and they say, Jesus, how did you turn this mess into this glorious thing? That's because he's God. He is God. Satan wants you to disobey God so that you can end up in his kingdom. And then he will have access to you. I give you another example in closing. Remember the story of um, the unforgiving um, servant. He owed his master so much. And then he went to make, beg the master because the master was going to punish him. He was going to lock him up. And he begged, please, please, have mercy on me. I will repay. And the kind of, um, I don't remember the, the, um, the value of what he owed. You know, in modern day terms. But um, it was so, so much. It's like saying, I'll give an example. It's like saying you're owing 500, 500 million. You have a debt of 500 million. <laughs> huh? Personally. Personal debt of 500 million. Huh? Then you work out. After you were forgiven. Then you meet this friend of yours who is owing you 50000 You grab him. You lock him up and say, if you don't pay me, you're not coming out. That's what that man did. So the master was very upset. Let's see. Matthew chapter 18. For the sake of time, I read 32. Uh, 31, rather, from 31. It says, so when his fellow servants saw what he had, what had been done, They were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said, You wicked servant. Huh? I forgave you all the debt, all that debt, because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? Remember that Jesus said that if you don't forgive, neither will your heavenly father forgive you. Now, so if you don't forgive, somebody has done something against you, has wronged you, and if you don't forgive, he says, God is not going to forgive you. And that's that's what has taken many Christians to hell because they, they refuse to forgive. And they think because they are born again and they refuse to forgive. The moment you refuse to forgive, Jesus is no longer your Lord. Because the moment you, you refuse to forgive, you are immediately put in another kingdom. Not the kingdom of God. Unforgiveness cannot enter the kingdom of God. So learn to Forgive. Forgive, be quick to forgive. You can't say Jesus is your Lord and you refuse to forgive. No, He's not your Lord. If you refuse to forgive, you have renounced His Lordship over your life. That's what you're doing. And look at what happens to this man because he would not forgive. It says, and his master, verse 34, his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. And then Jesus says, so my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother, his trespass. Yo! Okay. Okay. I, I refuse to forgive, but I'm speaking in tongues. Doesn't matter. So Satan will do things, Satan will inspire people to do things that will cause you not to forgive because he knows that by so doing, he, by default, becomes your Lord. He's a quest for Lordship, he wants to be your Lord. And nobody, no believer in his right senses will say, Satan, you are Lord. Huh? You, 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 you won't say that. You won't say that. But guess what? Sometimes we say it by our disobedience. By our disobedience. And if you, if you, if you go, yeah, if, (laughs) there are just too many scriptures that support what I'm saying. If you go out of your way to be wicked to people, to treat them like hell, like a messenger of hell, we know who your Lord is. (laughs) If you take advantage of people, we know who your Lord is. Come on. You take advantage of the weak. We know who your Lord is. We know the kingdom you are serving. We know the kingdom you are representing. It doesn't matter how many hallelujahs you shout when the message is going on. We know. The Bible says, These people worship me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. We don't want to be like that. We want to worship Him in spirit and In truth. Okay? Always obey God. It's for your benefit. It's for your good. Sometimes when you obey God, it's as if you are being foolish. You know what it was like when they were about to... I mean, they slapped Jesus and Jesus is just standing. He didn't say anything. You you think... Jesus said, yeah... If this were my kingdom, <laughs> I will ask my father huh, for legions of angels to fight for me. And those angels, you know, one angel k- killed 180 something thousand people in one night. One angel. Legions. One legion is 6,000. So you can imagine, the whole of Jerusalem would be wiped out in one night. But he kept quiet. The Bible says, like a lamb led to the slaughter. Because the father did not say, respond like this. He kept his mouth shut. So there are times that God will say, keep quiet. Keep quiet. I've been in that situation many times. Where I'm being accused and the Lord says, Hush. You don't. But I'm trying. Quiet. But. uh, You know, they'll think I'm guilty. Let them think. Keep quiet. You know? So I have to choose at that moment who is my Lord. Because every time God instructs you, it's an opportunity to choose lordship. So I just kept quiet. And God said, I'm going to establish a reputation for you. Don't do it. I'll do it. So I kept quiet. People were saying things. I knew it was a lie. I was not allowed to say anything. (laughs) And you know, years down the line, God has vindicated me. God has vindicated me. Two days ago, I got a call, you know, and this person was just talking to me. And I could hear again the vindication of God. After how many years? After almost 20 years, God is still vindicating me. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? What explanation would I have given that would have done it better? Incredible. Trust God. Allow Him to be the Lord of your life. Don't allow Satan to be the Lord of your life. Don't allow your sinful nature to be the Lord of your life. You know, you get so stirred up now, you lose control. And you act like a brute. Like a beast. And then after that, you start regretting. But you've already done it. Hmm? Who was Lord there? Not Jesus. (laughs) Hallelujah. Wherever the kingdom is in operation, there's righteousness, peace, and joy. Where the enemy is in operation, there is stealing, killing, and destruction. So, you are either stealing somebody's personality, stealing their dignity, destroying, crushing them, or, you know, know, it's, that's a different kingdom in operation. Touch your neighbor, say, you're so quiet (laughs) tonight. Huh? Yeah. That's that's what God wants. He wants us to live for Him. He wants to live through us. He wants to express His love through us. He wants to express and demonstrate his, his, His kingdom through our lives. But it starts from Lordship. It starts from Lordship. Obedience. Obedience is the key to your next level. Do you get my point? Obedience is the key to your next breakthrough. I have dealt with many, I've had several cases where people say, well, you know, and I just knew I shouldn't. But when I went, then this happened. And they now start blaming God. God, why did you allow this to happen to me? Why did you disobey Is the question you should be asking? Don't blame God for your the consequences of your disobedience. Amen. Yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) Let's let's call it a day and let's talk to the Lord. Ask the Lord to do a work in you to help you to be truly obedient. You, you 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 don't want you don't want to be in another kingdom. You don't you don't want to yield to the kingdom of darkness. Talk to the Lord. Mighty God. I want to trust God. That whatever mess your disobedience has brought you into, that the Lord will deliver you tonight. Talk to God. Come on. Talk to Him. Tell Him, Lord. I want to know you not just as my Savior, but as my Lord. If Jesus says that you should love one another as I have loved you, it's an instruction. You don't have an option. You don't have an option. The only, the only option you have is to to obey or to disobey. If he says you, you need to forgive those who trespass against you, you need to do that. If he tells you not to hate anybody, he he, he means it. Don't. Ask him to do a work in your heart. You want an obedient heart. You want a heart that is quick to obey God. Lord my God, do a work in our hearts. Make us people that are quick to obey you. No matter what, Mighty God, we want to be friends of God like Abraham was known as a friend of God but he did not become a friend of God without obedience it took obedience for him to become a friend of God if you are really going to be a friend of God you must be obedient Lord make us obedient as a church help us oh God to be truly obedient in all things in all things, oh God, help us. Those areas of our lives where we have been in charge, we hand them over to you. Lord, even the areas where we have messed up, where we have messed up, we, 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 we hand them over to you. Mighty God, I thank you, Father. We bless your name. We bless your name. Thank you, Father. Let's rise up on our feet, and let's. I just want you to take a moment right now. Just hold somebody's hand, and just pray for that person. Just ask that the Lord will give that person an obedient heart. You know that the Lord will help that person to be quick to obey. Just, just pray. Just pray. I want you to pray sincerely for that person. Come on. Just talk to them, to the Lord on their behalf. That Jesus will take his rightful place. That Jesus will take his rightful place in that person's heart. In their life. That he will be the Lord. That he will be a Lord indeed. That he will be Lord in every area. He will be Lord in every area. Lord Jesus. Mighty God. Mighty God. Whatever torment has come into that person's life. Maybe because of some kind of disobedience. Ask that the Lord will visit those areas of their life. In the name of Jesus. My Lord and my God. Mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God. In the name of Jesus. Now say this after me. Heavenly Father. I thank you for your word. Which is spirit and is life. Which is spirit I receive your word. I receive your word in my heart. Lord my God. Lord my God. I ask. Ask that, you will me that you will deliver me from every lifestyle, from every lifestyle of, disobedience. of disobedience. Right now, right now I, come before you I come before you and I ask that you search my life and, I ask that you my life and, see, and see if there is any consequence if of disobedience disobedience. that is at work in my life my father Father, I ask right now now that you will visit those areas of my life life. in the name of Jesus I repent, I repent for, every disobedience. for every disobedience in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus every lifestyle, every lifestyle of, disobedience. of disobedience have mercy upon me have mercy upon i bring me. myself i bring myself under the, lordship of Christ, under the lordship of Christ under the kingdom of God under the kingdom of God. Under the rule of God under the rule of God i refuse, I refuse to be ruled to be ruled by Satan. Satan. I refuse refuse to be ruled ruled by by the kingdom of darkness. darkness. In the name of Jesus, Jesus, I declare declare that I am a citizen citizen of the kingdom of God. God. And as a citizen of the kingdom of God, God, I refuse refuse to also be a citizen citizen of the kingdom of darkness. darkness. Lord Lord my God, God take over my life take over my life take charge take charge i give you full control i give you full control. i give you full charge i give you full charge over my life over my life open my ears open my ears give me hearing ears give me hearing ears ears that will hear your instructions ears that will hear your instructions help me help me to hear you clearly to hear you clearly to know your voice to know your voice so that i can obey you so that i can obey you my Father, my father I, ask I ask for your mercy, for your mercy in, my life. in my life. Let the blood of Jesus, Let the blood of Jesus cleanse, me cleanse me from every disobedience. From every, disobedience, from every lifestyle, from every lifestyle of, disobedience. of disobedience. Let it be broken, it be broken, over, broken my life over my life right now, right now. In, Jesus name. in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you. I give you praise. praise. In Jesus' name. name. Amen. Amen. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.